The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hey there, it's Gary Parish. It's Tuesday, November 17, 2020. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast where we sometimes discuss camel fighting and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. And today we are continuing our series of episodes dedicated to the schools ranked in the top 10 of my top 25 and one. We're up to number four. Number four is... Virginia, the reigning national champion, oddly enough. The Cavaliers are returning three starters from a team that closed the regular season with eight consecutive victories, thanks largely to a defense that ranked first nationally in efficiency, and they are adding a big-time transfer in the form of Sam Hauser. He averaged 15.7 rebounds two seasons ago at Marquette. He could be Virginia's best player this season. What's to like about Tony Bennett's team? What are the concerns? We'll get into it momentarily. But first, check this out. Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So, again, today we're focusing on Virginia, the reigning national champions, because we didn't have a national champion in 2020. They finished 23-7 and last season, but that doesn't really tell the whole story. They started 4-4 and in the ACC, but went 11-1 and in their final 12 games to finish 15-5 and in the league. Norlander, you also have Virginia in the top five of your 1-357 to rankings, so we're on the same page here. I know why I'm high on the Cavaliers. Why are you high on the Cavaliers? Oh, so high right now. Just couldn't be higher on the Cavaliers. I guess technically I could be. We, we both technically could be higher on the Cavaliers than we are, but we are pretty high on them. And this is, as I wrote um, in the 1-357, to 357, this is where Virginia is as a program. Tony Bennett has this program operating on an almost annual basis to be in the top 10 and borderline even top 5. And this season we do think it is top 5. I expect Sam Hauser, who was a wonderful compliment to Marcus Howard, to step into, and this is a projection for me. I think that he is actually going to be the rare player that steps into Tony Bennett's offense and truly pops. Like, I think Hauser is going to be 
a 17, 18 point uh, night kind of guy. And that's not, that's way easier said than done given the offense that Virginia runs. We've hit it on plenty of podcasts leading up to this one about how Virginia was just brutal by its own standards, uh, which are lower than most other power conference programs from an offensive efficiency standpoint. But not this season. It is interesting to see that Virginia is 16 in Kempom in the preseason. The projection, broadly, is that they'll have the best defense and then 76 heading into the season on offense for the for the Wahoos going into this season. I'm excited to see Virginia play. If everything, again, knocking on wood, if everything can remain as scheduled, I'll see Virginia play against Florida at Mohegan Sun next week. They're in a, a neutral site game, and Virginia's the better team, but... That should be a good one. Sam Hauser's the biggest reason. Uh, real quick before uh, before I throw it back to you. Kihei Clark, I don't think that he's disrespected, but maybe this is going to be the season where people really... I mean, he's known for be, having a heads-up play and a huge moment to keep Virginia's championship season alive. Uh, he's, he's a 5'9 water bug, but I think that he'll start to rightfully get his respect. He'll have a big year. Jay Huff... I think we'll get better. He wasn't as better last season as I thought he would be. And then I think Casey Morsell is actually going to be the breakout player in the ACC. I think he can be a top 10 defender. If he can start to hit from beyond the three-point line, that will make the offense even more dynamic. So that's just an initial scan of what I think sets up as definitively the best roster in the ACC. You mentioned this is where Tony Bennett's program is right now. Uh, they finished in the top 10 at Ken Palm in five of the past eight seasons. And it didn't include last season when they finished 42nd, number one in defensive efficiency, 234th in offensive efficiency. That was worst, by the way, worst among all power five teams. They could not score. And yet they still closed the regular season with eight consecutive wins, go 11 and one in their final 12 because they were so awesome on the defensive end of the court. They ended up going four and two against top 10 teams last season. They finished 16th in the AP poll. So that 42nd at Kenpom, like I'm not uh, arguing with the numbers, but they were a much better team than that by the end of the season. Tony Bennett um, has actually said that by the end of the season, we thought we could beat anybody. Now, he acknowledges we could also lose to almost anybody, you know, scoring 38 points in a game. He didn't say that part, but I, I, it, that's clearly what he meant. But he, they were playing really well and would have been a, a hard out for anybody in the NCAA tournament. One of the issues uh, on the offensive end, and there were a lot of them, uh, but one of them was three-point shooting. You know, they, they shot 30.3% from beyond the arc last season. That ranked 311th in the country. And so Sam Hauser is going to be impactful for a lot of different reasons, but he fixes that or at least improves that immediately. This is a guy who shot 45.3% from three as a freshman, 48.7% from three as a sophomore, 40.2% as a junior while taking 6.4 three-pointers per game. This is a high volume, reliable three-point threat and so just by adding him to the starting lineup in theory at least you become a significantly better three-point shooting team i'll put it this way how do you become a three-point shooting team you have better three-point shooters taking your three-pointers virginia is going to have that this season they are and i will qualify this by saying we are banking on hauser being just a, a high impact player uh, obviously sat out last season and now he steps in for his one and only season. He's a redshirt senior uh, with the Wahoos there. 
Now, if you want to look at what Bennett has been able to do, GP referenced the the finishes in Ken Palm here. How about this? Just a, just you know, a broad look, fifteen thousand feet above at what Virginia has become here, and why I think it's reasonable to presume that this is going to be the best team in the ACC and will be a, a top ten team again. He gets there in 29, uh, 2009, 2010, 15 wins, sixteen wins, and since then, twenty two, twenty three, thirty, thirty, twenty nine, twenty three, thirty one. 35 a national championship and then 23 and a season cut short last season could have been easily at least 25 wins yet again there it's just a reliability year over year and this is a program as you'll see when it's revealed that Virginia's somewhere tucked inside the 26 to 50 range of my ranking of the all-time greatest programs in college hoops history Bennett uh, has been responsible for bringing Virginia to prominence as of late, but historically this is not a top 40 program from a statistical standpoint. I mean, we're talking about a program that went, got a one seed in 2014, uh, then a two seed, then a one seed, had a five in 2017, then had the one when it fell to UMBC and was a one seed when it won it all. I think it's set up again because of the defense, and I wonder, you know, any coach will tell you that – if you have a team that is reliable, truly reliable on defense, wants to play defense, has the athletes in length, that is just, GP, it's it's more of something that you can uh, rest on than offense. With no fans, or almost no fans, in just about every venue that Virginia will likely play during this regular season, I wonder if that just helps them all the more. You know, like, they're going to play at home against Michigan State, and yeah, they won't, and that's scheduled for the ACC Big Ten Challenge on December 9th. So yeah, they won't have the, the JPJ crowd there with them, but when they have to play on the road or in these neutral court environments... Uh, specifically to start the season, I don't know. I just think that is another built-in advantage in what's going to be such an uncertain season that I think it will actually help Virginia. If you're a home team and you don't have your crowd to boost you against what can just feel like running into a wall, possession after possession, and they slog you down 65, 66 possessions in a game, it's all the more reason why Virginia should be considered a top-five team by pretty much anyone that's... uh, I guess not a computer because Ken Palm's not as high, but if we're trying to objectively project how they're going to do, I think that's a fair estimation. You know, they led the nation in scoring defense for the third straight season last season, only allowing 52.4 points per game. Some of that is tempo, but yes, they are awesome on the defensive end. Let me ask you this. Um, we've talked a lot about what they're adding, what they're bringing back. Uh, we haven't talked about what they're losing. Mamadi Diakite and Braxton Key is two of the top three scores from last season's team. But I'm not worried about what they lost on the offensive end. Those are also athletic, high-level defenders. Does that concern you at all? Or do you trust, like I think I trust, you could take basically any five guys in the world, <laughs> give them the Tony Bennett, let him work with them, and they'd end up guarding you like crazy. Yeah. So those are legitimate losses, specifically defensively. Uh, Diakite, I think, was a little bit of a, a little, little bit of an underperformer last season from what I think he would have expected himself to be there. Uh, Braxton Key was just a solid uh, role player plus kind of guy uh, for Tony Bennett. So losing them does mean something. They were both 6'8", 6'9", good length, uh, good athletes, good strength there. I think... In losing him, you question like, well, Cody Statman, who's now a junior, is he going to step in? He was second on the third on the team in block rate a season ago. He didn't play a ton of minutes, so him coming in again, I do think Morcel's going to be a guy that steps in and plays significantly well on both ends of the floor. There's a freshman named Caden uh, Shedrick or Shedrick. I can't, I don't know how you pronounce the last name. He sat out last season. 
I saw him in Vegas uh, when he was on the recruiting trail, and he it was he was surprisingly good for the for the lack of buzz he was getting. And he was just one of those guys we see him you know every year when we're able to go out and do this kind of thing where. It's not a it's not a five star kind of guy, but it's someone that when you watch, you say, "Whoa!" Like you know, who's who's recruiting this this kid here? He wants to go into Virginia. I wonder how much burn he's going to get. He's six eleven, and he could step in and really be a, a good, you know, uh, teammate slash understudy to Jay Huff. Not the same kind of player as Huff. And and just one more thing on Huff in general, like he's seven one, wants to be a stretch four, stretch five. I think that he has to be a lot better than what he was last season. I was pretty gung-ho on Huff becoming, you know, like a top 15 player in the ACC a season ago, and that just straight up wasn't the case there. He's now a senior. The time is now. So I think that his improvement is as critical to Virginia's uh, advancements as, as pretty much anyone else there. But on the whole, you touched on just how reliable Bennett is with this coaching system, and it speaks to his ability. I mean, you really do get the sense that, yeah, it takes real investment, and he's built up a program, and yes, I'm going to throw in the cliche of he's built up a culture there, but it's remarkable, and if you talk to other coaches about they bring the guys in that they want to bring in, but even even then, like you never underestimate just how much of a bear it is to play against that defense, and that's not going to – it's just not going to change. Like when they play Florida, if they can play Florida on November 27, Florida's also going to be a defensively oriented team. I mean, I straight up think that's going to be like a 55-51 to 51 Virginia win, and that's how they're going to want it, and I think that's how they're going to continue to, to, to keep, the, keep the lead in the ACC once we get into 2021. When I was talking about the offensive struggles from last season earlier, um, I mentioned that there were a lot of problems on that end of the court, and there were. The most obvious one is the three-point shooting. We've addressed that. The other one was um, they turned the ball over a lot, uncharacteristically a lot. The offensive turnover percentage was 20.1, which ranked 257th in the country. It was the worst turnover team of the Tony Bennett era, and a lot of that was Kihei Clark. You like him. I like him. He did average three and a half turnovers a game last season, though. He had a nine turnover game against Florida State in a loss. And I think if you're trying to figure out, like, what what, what happened there, I, I, I don't want to speak for Tony, but I, I think maybe he was asked to do a little too much. You know, he's asked, okay, run the team, take the second most shots on this team, take on a tough defensive assignment, like maybe guard the other team's best perimeter player. I mean, he's 5'9", but he gets after you. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing 30, 37 minutes a game, they enrolled a, a top 70 prospect in the class of 2020 named Reese Beekman. He's a six three-point guard, and I would assume that he is going to lighten the load on Kihei Clark a little bit. Like, get him a little more rest, ask him to do not quite as much. And because, you know, this freshman, Reese Bigman, is 6'3", he can obviously back up Clark, but he could also theoretically play with them. I think that makes Kihei Clark's job a lot easier because he was, you know, really the only competent, you know, natural point guard on the roster last season. I think you're right, and I think you're hitting, uh, and for the Virginia hardcores listening, I think they are hoping, expecting Clark to not have to be a vessel for offense and scoring as much as maybe he would have been tasked with last season. Hey, maybe maybe he winds up still trying to accomplish that, but you mentioned Beekman, and then another freshman, uh, Jabri Abdur-Rahim, who is the son of Sharif Abdur-Rahim, he enters in. 
I think that he's going to get some decent burn as well. I will be interested to see how much Bennett trusts the new faces. And I would include Hauser in that just because he wasn't playing last season. Um, because there are plenty of new players that are going to have to step in and be significant minute skitters here. And I, we've mentioned, we've mentioned plenty of them here. So, um, I don't have a real estimation on whether this is going to be a Virginia team that's really like nine deep, closer to seven deep. Uh, that's going to have to be determined as we go throughout the season. And maybe Virginia will be affected just like almost every other team when it comes to if it has COVID pauses, uh, the rhythms of your season every day when you practice, when you can't, uh, will that have an impact on basically how much trust a coach will wind up having, particularly when like Bennett and his staff know what they have. They know they have a national championship contender. Reminder, reigning national champions, and they're going to have a chance to uh, to keep that crown here and have a decent chance at doing it. But um, not knowing how many games you're going to be able to get in, I think is going to have an impact on Virginia as much as any other team we've talked about on this top 10 series, uh, this you know, little podcast series we've done, in that if you tell a coach he's only got 13 games, 15 games, 17 games, however many it's going to be. Uh, the fewer the games, the fewer the opportunities, the more every game means for your resume to get into the NCAA tournament and the less likely you are to trust guy 8, 9, and 10 on your roster. I feel like Virginia, when we get to mid-January, might not be as deep as Bennett would hope it would be, and COVID's going to impact that. One last freshman I want to bring up, Carson McCorkle. He's a top 150 guard in the class of 2020. 6'3 shooter. That's his reputation. So I'm not sure how much he's going to be able to get on the court this season as a true freshman. True freshmen who are borderline top 150 guys don't usually play a lot uh, for Tony Bennett immediately. But if he can't get on the court, he's at least a, another shooter Tony Bennett might have available that could enhance uh, Virginia's shooting from the perimeter because, again, that was a clear problem last season. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry MF and Teagle, legend. Shouts to Larnell. And thank you guys for listening to the Ion College Basketball Podcast. Once again, right in the middle of the most idiotic pandemic of my lifetime. If you haven't subscribed yet, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. I'd appreciate it. Norlander would, too. And either way, we will talk to you again real soon. Till then. Take care. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-average do average 29 and 11. God, shit. what'd it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.